Hey guys, welcome back to the show. My name is Dave Mantell. This is the Broken Light Show. We are at it again. Another day, another episode. Thanks for joining me here. This is a show, if it's your first time listening, we talk about um, art and independence and not like like revolution independence, like American independence. We're talking about independence like from the man, which I guess is kind of like American independence if you think about it. Um, also talk about Independence Day, the film. Um, actually, I've never talked about that film on this show. Maybe we can do an episode on that. Uh, we talk about DIY stuff, you know, cool things. Uh, so thanks for joining us here. We got a great episode for you today. Chipper Jones is on the show. No, not that Chipper Jones, uh, unfortunately. We got the band Chipper Jones from Austin, Texas. A couple of dudes were... We've been trying, oh man, guys, we've been trying to get this done for so long and uh, just never, our schedules never lined up. And so then uh, they ended up swinging through Chicago. And so I met up with them, went to a show that they played and it was pretty awesome. They, If you have a chance to see them sometime, uh, they're back on their way down back to uh, Texas right now. But if you do get a chance to see them, if they ever pass through your town, you should go see them because they're, they're awesome. A two-piece and... Uh, they play kind of mathy post rock, like uh, minus the bear meets explosions in the sky, and it's it's rad. And uh, we had a blast talking with them, and so you guys won't want to miss that. We talk about them and their their posse called Raw Paw, and uh, the Austin scene. It's just it's real good. So stay tuned for that. Um, we got a lot of cool stuff coming up for Broken Light. Uh, Broken Light Records is. The thing that just launched, uh, you guys can head over to BrokenLightRecords.com and check that out. That's also where the show lives now. So if you type in BrokenLightRecords.com or BrokenLightShow.com, you'll end up at the brand new website that was kickstarted and funded by you guys, which is pretty cool. Um, and my mom also uh, on that. So thanks, mom. Um, yeah, but so we got a lot of cool things coming up. I've been in the studio like... Oh man, uh, my classes just ended for school, and so like since classes have ended, it's basically just been recording and uh, doing podcast stuff, which is awesome. That's like what I want to do. Um, we, so we got some really great records that are coming out this summer, just in a couple of weeks actually. They're they're just about done, and we don't have official release dates for any of them because they still have to get mastered. But as soon as we uh, have a release dates, I will let you know. But in the next couple of weeks, you're gonna see an album by Kayak which is a band I play drums in. That's really cool. Uh, that's like a five-piece indie rock kind of deal. You can check out. There's some demo stuff on the website. You can just go and click on that. Uh, if you click on artists, you can check that out. Sam Arias also has an album coming out that I'm helping him work on. That's going to be released in a couple weeks. And we got Eric Allison. Uh, his album is almost done. And that's going to be coming out real soon, too. We got... Um, just a little more tracking to do for that and then the mixing will is like almost it's almost done and uh, then it'll be then it'll be in the hands of y'all in just a couple of weeks so this summer we got those major releases coming out for Broken Light Records and I to be honest with you I don't even know uh, I don't know what the next step for that is this is as far as I've thought ahead for all of this um, so just keep your eye out because we're all talking about it and it's cool and there's going to be more stuff coming up so 
uh, keep your eyes peeled and your ears attuned to this podcast because that's this is where all the uh, the news is going to come. Other than if you clicked on the news segment at the website, there will also be stuff posted there, I guess. Um, so yeah, that's that's what's going on with me. What's going on with with you guys? I hope everything's hope everything's good. Summer summer's here. It was like eighty degrees in Chicago for a couple of days, and now it's back down to the fifties. Um, so that's crazy. Um, I hope weather is nice by you guys. I, I was just uh, I was just talking to Sam this week. We were recording, and uh, we <laughs> we were talking about like how weather small talk is such a strange thing. That's like the default. Like if you if you're in an elevator with somebody that maybe you like sort of know this. This is what happened to us. We were in a a, a, an excruciatingly long elevator ride with this person and uh it was it was awkward and and we just talked about the weather the whole time and i was like man this is super weird um that this is that's the thing that people default to but you know whatever um so before we get to chipper jones i wanted to talk about something uh, there were a couple articles that came out um this week that were really interesting and kind of correlated to each other and I just wanted to touch on it a little bit because I think that they're important for uh, us, you know, as a community of people, as people that are doing art. Uh, one of them was, uh, I, and I, you know, I worked really hard and I couldn't find the original article and it, it might be because it's not posted yet, um, but Brandon Flowers from the band The Killers is quoted, the headlines for this read uh, something like, Brandon Flowers says that the Killers are the best band ever, you know, and then you click on it and you read what he actually said. And actually, Brandon Flowers said something like, uh, he's like, hey, I think that, um, you know, the Killers, my band is a good band and I would put, you know, our band up against any band in the last 15 years. And I think we could hold our own. Essentially, that's what he said. And, uh. People were like going crazy. They're like, "Oh well, the, the killers." Blah, blah, blah. Um, but I thought that was an interesting thing to say, you know. And it was an interesting thing for people to pick up on. Uh, and the other thing was something that Andrew W. K. posted in his uh, advice column, and that was, uh, "How do I become a successful musician?" And the, the so Andrew W. K. We'll we'll talk about that first before we get to the Brendan Flowers thing and how that ties in. Andrew W.K., he wrote this really long response. If you're not reading his help uh, advice column, you're doing yourself a disservice. You gotta go. You gotta go check it out. You, whether whatever your feeling is of partying and Andrew W.K., his help column is awesome. So he basically says there are two ways to look at it, and and we talked about this on the show, so it was kind of um, it was affirming. But he says there are two ways to look at this. Either you're looking at monetary success in which case um you know just do like whatever it takes just go copy people and become the like the pop star whatever you know if you want to measure success that way there are some really you know solid ways to do that just copy the person that you know is making the most money do that thing and uh you know leave behind any semblance of yourself um and just become the thing that makes money and you'll do it you know or, he said, the other way to define success is through actually being fulfilled. And 
Um, you gotta you gotta read this for yourself because I'm I'm not doing it any justice, uh, honestly. But he basically says the way, the true way to define success should be in whether or not we are as artists making something that we like and that we find fulfillment in. And if that if that is happening, then we are successful. And it was interesting because when I saw the Brandon Flowers thing, I saw the Brandon Flowers thing first before I read the NWK article, and I think they came out the same day. Um, but when I read the Brandon Flowers thing, I was like, yeah, you know what? If you don't, if you don't believe that your art at at if you don't believe at some level that your art is like important or valuable or the best of something, you know, maybe it's not like the best ever. But he was like, hey, you know what? Past 15 years, I think that we could go up against any band, you know, whatever. And um, I read that and I was like, you know, that's a, that's really cool that he believes that at some level, you know, his he can look at his, his level of success. He can look at his art that he's made with his band. And he believes in it enough to make a statement like that. And I think that that, you know, so my thought was... Um, if you don't believe that about your own thing at some level of if you're not looking around and saying like I, I I'm making something that's of value and I can quantify it by saying like I am the best at something you know and it doesn't have to be huge you're not like I'm the best band of the last 15 years because you're probably not frankly but if you can be like hey I'm the best band on this bill tonight and I think that that's pretty cool you know um or if you're not, if you look at that and you're like, man, I'm not the best bill, best band on this bill tonight. Don't think of it as like you're crappy. Just look at it as some place to go to shoot for, right? So then when you're the best band on the bill, then you shoot to be the best band that's playing in town that night, right? The thing that people want to want to go to. And it translates to way more than music, um, film, especially, you know, conquer your um your your local scene you know like whatever I, I, film is hard for me to talk about because um the indie scene is so it's evolving so much i'm not really i don't have the words to grasp because i'm just gonna use music terms but like your 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 scene right your people that are in your community that you're around that are making films um you know sending it to the same festivals or whatever that you are getting um, the same kind of fan base. If you can make the best film of those people, then move on to like a bigger thing, like people that have bigger budgets than you. And then, you know, keep keep going until you reach a point where you're like, I'm not better than this person. Kind of keep going through that. The Andrew WK thing um, ties in in this way, where you're looking at what it means to be successful and on one level you're comparing yourself to the things around you the, the the groups around you you know even if it's small subsets of groups that you're like comparing yourself to but the reality is you're not you're not trying to be better than those people to be better than them that's the motive isn't good there right just like um the motive for you know becoming uh, a musician to get money isn't a good motive you know even if the end result is what you wanted um which is like being a musician if it's like 
you have to sell out in order to get there. I use that term loosely. You can fill in the blank. If that's what you have to do, then it's like, well, that's not worth it then. You know, the the benefit doesn't outweigh the cost. Um, and so if you're getting fulfillment from the thing that you're doing, like Brandon Flowers is like, happy with what he's doing and I think that's why he speaks so highly of the killers is because he actually loves the things that he's doing I'm, I'm putting words in his mouth obviously but from everything that I've watched of that guy because I, I really like him as a person he's really cool um very like soft-spoken but also at times like this he's like no like here I, I really believe in the thing that I'm doing if you really do believe in the thing that you're doing whether that's painting photography music film uh, cross stitching, you know, whatever it is, if you're finding fulfillment in that, great, you've succeeded. And if you're finding fulfillment in it, you should that should drive you to make a better thing too, because you're like, man, I love this and I'm getting fulfillment out of it. How can I make this the best that I can? And that's that's what I think is happening in that Brendan Flowers thing. It's happening in the Andrew WK thing. He's saying, find the fulfillment in the thing that you're doing, and you'll become successful. You know, and, and there are ways to quantify success outside of monetary value or like even outside of comparing yourself with other people, you know, um, comparing yourself like the the negative way to do that would be like Kanye West, who is like at every every turn is comparing himself with specific people or comparing other people with specific people. Right. Beyonce. He's like, man, compare Beyonce with Beck. Beyonce is a better artist than Beck. It's like, that's not a quantification that you should be able to make. Like, nobody can make that quantification. And, like, the, beyond personal preference, I guess. But there he is. He's, like, being loud about it. Brendan Flowers is like, hey, any, you know, any band in the last 15 years is fine. He's not, like, naming names. He's like, the killers are better than Panic! at the Disco. That's not, you know, that's not a, a thing that you can do. You're not going to go and play a show and be, you know, you're going to in your mind think I'm I'm the best band in this bill and then go around and tell the other bands or worse, announce it from the stage as you get out. You're like, okay, we're the best band tonight. You know, that's not a thing that you do because in that act, becoming the best or saying that you're the best becomes the thing that you care about and not actually being fulfilled or making great art that's not the thing that matters anymore it's being the best and that's that's wrong right uh so anyway i wanted to say that as an encouragement to you guys too because the, the i think the tendency for us artists is to just continually beat ourselves up and like feel like we can't have any kind of sense of accomplishment or like pride in what we do because that's wrong blah blah blah, blah, blah. but i want to encourage you feel accomplished in what you're doing feel like you can be successful look around and see where you are successful and then the places you aren't reach and and do better you know like pour into what you're doing if you're getting that fulfillment and if you're not getting that fulfillment then the success isn't going to come anyway right so then then you need to sit down and like reevaluate um, which is a whole nother conversation but if you are getting that fulfillment you can look around see where you are successful and if where you're not make improvements in that area you know or all of those areas and then 
you'll see yourself grow as a musician, as an artist, um, filmmaker, crocheter. We've covered those bases. Anyway, that was my thought. If you guys have uh, any thoughts, maybe you can go and read the articles. Um, find the Brandon Flowers thing. Everybody's talking about it. Um, and then the Andrew WK article is in his help column, Ask Andrew WK. You guys should be reading all of those, by the way. And, uh, yeah, I want to hear what you guys think. There are so many ways that we can talk about this. You can leave a comment on the website, um, brokenlightrecords.com slash show, and you can click on this episode and leave a comment. We can talk about it in the comments of the, the actual website right there. Um, or you can tweet me at brokenlightrex, or you can go on Facebook. We're on Facebook, Broken Light Records. Um, you can check out our email if you have something like super long and you don't want to post it online anywhere and you just want me to see it. It's brokenlightrecords at gmail.com. You can even, and this is crazy, you can go right to iTunes and you could leave a comment on iTunes. We're actually, now that I bring this up, giving away a record from Lowercase Noises, my friend Andy Offling. We're giving away a record. It's beautiful. It's called Passages. And uh, I'm going to give it away to somebody who leaves a comment. What you have to do is leave a comment on iTunes and a rating. Um, and then take a screen cap of that and send it to me in one of the ways that we just discussed. On Twitter, email, whatever. I just need to know that it's you. And then I'm going to pick a winner. And somebody's going to get this beautiful vinyl from Lowercase Noises called Passages that I have sitting here right in front of me. I'm looking at it. And I, I just want to give it to one of you guys. So do that, do that thing. And... Uh, yeah, we'll announce the winner here real soon. Chipper Jones is up next, and uh, so hang on to your butts, because here comes a clip from their album, Two Rooms. Yeah, so I'm Charlie, and I play drums in Chipper Jones. And, uh, and I'm James, I play guitar in Chipper Jones, and uh, we're on our first East Coast tour right now with uh, Corduroy, he's another artist on the same label as us from Austin called Raw Pop. Um, and yeah, so we just made our way up the East Coast into Canada, and this is kind of us coming back down through the Midwest, back home. But um, yeah, so anyways, yeah, we're here to play a show here pretty soon. And uh, we're kind of making our way this like last stretch of the tour, and uh, heading back, heading back to Austin. We play here tonight. We were just in Detroit last night, and uh, Toronto the night before that. 
and then uh, prior to that we had like 12 days in New York City where we like hung out and are working on a collaboration with Cody who's Corduroy and uh, calling it Chipper Roy and it's uh yeah, it's been really fun because we're, we're both... I was a huge fan of Cody's, of Corduroy's, like, before we even um, became a band, James and I. And it was funny, like, when we first kind of reconnected in Austin, I had just, like, got really into Cody's newest album at the time. And, like, um, and so, like, a lot of our music draws a lot of inspiration from, like, electronic acts similar to Cody. Just, like, that, like, dancey, like, kind of sampling aesthetic yeah and um and i guess what we do is um in a lot of ways or like what a lot of people say is like kind of give i have that like electronic dance like kind of vibe even though it's just like guitar and drums and i think it's just like the sampling and like essentially like arpeggiators you know layering and stuff like that and then i just like play simple kind of like backbeat like dance groups you know on, on drums you say you were from Kansas City and you moved to Austin. Yeah. What? So you went down there for school? No, actually, so I, I moved from Kansas City very young. Uh, my dad was, uh, he was a writer for Hallmark greeting cards. He wrote, like, birthday cards and got into advertising. So we moved to Dallas and then um, had a really great, just genuine kind of almost like the Sandlot kind of childhood experience. I mean, Charlie was just one of the neighbors. Apparently, he popped his head in our door when we were moving in. And it was just like, are there any kids here that want to play? <laughs> and he was, uh, funny enough, he was actually better friends with my older brother. Because, you know, we were, Charlie and I were, like, already a year or so apart. So that's, like, a big difference when you're yeah, a kid. But we all, like, I had my friend uh, Madison down the street. And Madison, and, and we just, we just like, like, six or so kids just roll deep and play games. And yeah. it was just do her thing and then uh, in 98 my dad had lost his job in Dallas so we moved to Austin and I uh, really never this is before you know like social media or anything so we just didn't really keep up um, but then you know however many years later maybe like 2012 around there um, I had been playing music in Austin and was kind of leaving a, this one band I was in and put out a like a solo project thing called uh, under the name a thousand mile channel and um it was just kind of like tap guitar like loops just ideas that i wanted to make come to life in my band prior kind of like ambient minimalist steve reich-esque loops um and i guess maybe through facebook or something charlie had heard that and we had ran into each other kind of randomly in austin maybe a year before that and just kind of caught up you know, um, but so we had been friends on like Facebook or something, and he heard it and just wrote me this really nice to the point message, like a text, just being like, "Hey, I, I heard this, and would love to just put some backbeats on it." And I was just blown away that somebody liked what I was doing because that's that's that music was like exactly what I wanted to do, and uh, he came over and within minutes, just I remember being. It's like, you know, when you fall in love, it's just like a relationship. You're just like, here's this person I've been, like, waiting for. Because um, he's just such a... He's got such a good ear. You know, he really, like, when I first met him, he's like, oh, I don't play drums, I play songs. You know, like, he, he thinks about the song. And from, from anyone, if you play guitar or bass or sing or whatever, like, that's what you want to hear. Is someone Drummers specifically can get so kind of self-absorbed in, in the instrument that they're playing. Oh, yeah. Because it, it is such an amazing, expressive instrument. But uh, yeah, he just he just uh, kind of approached me, and very quickly it became a thing. And 
slowly but surely we just kind of chipped away at it and, and started playing shows and uh, the Austin I don't know if you know a whole lot about the Austin no, like, no local I music I don't scene. really know anything I mean I, so what I know is from that uh, Dave Grohl uh, documentary that came out this year the Sonic Highways yeah I watched the Austin episode that's the beginning and end I haven't seen that this is a series oh yeah done? it's great it's a it's a, like a mini series at HBO oh wow so he did one on Austin yeah oh word so he talked about the scene a lot of it was like on Austin City Limits right yeah and, and, and that's one thing but I think there's even something a little newer kind of going on that uh, I've just been really excited about and, and kind of the story my experience with that was uh, right out of high school um, I started going to school here in Chicago at uh, SAIC um, for film and it was a really really great experience a lot of my favorite bands uh, Russian Circles is like one of my favorite bands uh, yeah I love so I love this town um I came and had a really great time, and uh, like I said, really loved the music that I was hearing coming from here. But really quickly realized, like, I mean, I went to a couple shows, and, and like I went, I remember going to a Terramello show, uh, and saw Castavet. Remember them? Are they still doing shit? Like, I, I don't know if they're on hiatus or what. Okay. Well, I just remember seeing them and the band before them and just being like, wow, the local bands here are, like, on their shit. Like, it's really competitive. And I was really excited about, like, forming a band. But um, the, I just, I don't know, the, it was a very expensive school. And I just remember I started having these really romantic ideas about Austin. And I remember... You know, it just seems so fetal. It really wasn't. It's not a big town. It's got a lot going on. Like, there's some history there, but really the last wave of, like, music that's, like, kind of historic was, like, back when Stevie Ray was kind of, and, you know, Willie had a big scene there. Uh, but since then, it's been kind of random, you know, bands like Octopus Project or Explosions in the Sky, This Will Destroy You, um, from San Marcos. You know, there was kind of, like, a sound happening, and that was kind of where my influences were coming from so I decided you know I think I want to be in a band more than I want to be in school it's a pretty common thought I think and uh, but I was like but if I want to be from anywhere I want to be from Austin because that's where I'm from so I went back and immediately there there you could just see this really great collective of kids and they were called Raw Paw and in the beginning they were just throwing shows and getting kids stoked to come out and there just happened to be such an eclectic uh, but uh, driven scene of bands, all kinds of different sounds. But there were a few that were kind of like in my realm, and so I, I started putting stuff together. Um, but yeah, and it ended up being just that. Once we started this band up, it just got picked up kind of quick. There's a lot of really great resources that focus on like local support. Because Austin is, is one of those towns where it's so easy for anyone to get a show that it, it, it was for a while really hard to get people to come out. Yeah. You know, I remember being in middle school and high school with bands and, it, you know, it's why would you go? Because there's a hundred <laughs> other shows. Sure. But it, it's gotten a little more focused and, um, like, the Raw Paw Kids, for example, are, you know, now they're a label and they're a publisher and, uh you know, just more driven to kind of turn it into, like, a full-time job. Yeah. And so together, it's us and, like, four other bands, and we all just kind of work together. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of kind of where the Austin music scene is. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. What? So, 
I want to. There's a lot to cover there, but sure. let's. I want to focus on this raw pot thing because it okay. sounds super rad. Um, so you were kind of like at the beginning of that, or like I I, I wasn't a part of it, but I was like definitely going to the shows sure. and seeing this like thing happening. Um, I remember I was in a band called We Broke Symmetry. It was like a three-piece, like math, like um, kind of ambient metal thing, instrumental. Um, and we were kind of like it was pretty difficult, but we were trying to get our shit together. And I remember seeing this band called Hikes, um, kind of like math folk kind of emo stuff. Sure. Really cool. Really like groove uh, in the pocket drums. Really amazing, like tap guitar. And just being like, whoa, I couldn't believe that was happening in my town. And uh, so bands like that, another band called Milezo, Corduroy, just started seeing these people like just kind of like, you know, a lot of my friends from high school were kind of a part of the scene too. And so just it felt very natural to just kind of like give into that. Even from the beginning, it looked like something that was going to blossom. Um, and yeah, so like I said, they were they were more so just really simple just kind of throwing parties and 500 600 kids would come out wow. to a house show and like that's awesome for a band you know yeah. what I mean because kids are stoked they want to see something and it also just made it exciting because it really meant like you just had to take it seriously not take yourself seriously but take the music seriously and just think about like you know you got to write music that's gonna put you in a certain state of mind and like capture you and let alone like hopefully one other person um, so it was just, it's just a really great breeding ground because it's, it's, it's definitely like favoring stuff that has a response, like that, that does well in front of a crowd, but also has this balance where if no one ever heard it in the world, it, it's still beautiful. It's like the, what I was seeing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Raw Paw, so now that we've gotten to know them and <clears throat> gotten to kind of join forces, you know, they're definitely just like this. I always joke and say they're just this kind of magical, you know, Chris, Doc Davis is kind of the guy spearheading the whole thing, and he'll talk to you about prisms and triads and the third <laughs> eye. And he's So they're just so wacky and so young and so driven. And so it's kind of like, you know, just to be realistic, it's just this, it's kind of this ideal scenario for, you know, trying to get into music. Because, yeah. you know, they were on tour and they helped, like, make us shirts and seven inches and, you know, they, they gave us a van and, and just kind of like, do what they can as a label to kind of help the bands do what they need to do and uh, you know a big part of music that I think a lot of people are resilient to is you need to share it like you write the songs but um, you know you need to you need, there needs to be a compromise and so Rapa was this great experience to kind of like get into that and you know there's definitely some hurdles like they're figuring it out too and we're figuring it out sure. But, uh, yeah, so they're just, they're really going for, like, strong connections, trying to push their bands into this kind of worldwide, international thing. But really, right now, that just means, like, out of town. Like, let's get out of town and tour. Yeah. So that's why we're here. It's super rad, man. Yeah. We're, so you've been involved with them since the beginning of Chipper Jones, essentially, like, as you yeah. recorded the first uh, EP or, like, the long, long P or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so before that... We, we, it's hard to get a show in Austin without like a band camp you know just something yeah, yeah. to show the booker like what you might fucking sound like <laughs> and so we did like a little self recording demo it was like two songs um, and um, that's kind of what we used to get some shows two South Bys ago we happened to play one of their events they had an opening and needed someone super quick 
And so we jumped on it. I'll be that person. No problem. <laughs> so we jumped on that, and uh, they were really into it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we, we, in a sense, are getting to be... We, we were able to jump on their roster before they kind of announced that they were going to be a label. Yeah. So us, including Hikes and a band called Miles O, Corduroy, and... Uh, Maybe this other band called Young Tongue. We were kind of like their guinea pigs. And, you know, we're all pretty different. It's a pretty eclectic bill. Um, uh, So, yeah, very much of, like, seeing or or getting to experience, like, how they're growing. You know, like, maybe we we push something in one direction and and that helps them out. And then they make a a push in one another and that helps us out. So it's definitely a... uh, kind of mutual relationship yeah 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 cool so then you you do this cool EP that's like half um, like improv and half like written songs too what's that what was that process like for you guys um it was just kind of like a necessary next step I mean I think like honestly it's an expensive process to record so live is just cheaper yeah um but also we felt like a big part of our live sound was just the kind of um, the the how would you say kind of like necessity for improvisation with the act of looping um, so we wanted to both showcase kind of like a couple songs that we were playing and then just kind of jam because we had like access to a friend's studio for like two days and so it was just kind of like, a, like the most honest, affordable way that we could do things. Yeah. Um, and it was just to kind of put out more content, to kind of show, help get people interested, you know. And also just to keep us going, because uh, we only, at, at that point I'd only had two songs recorded. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just kind of like the next step. Cool. Yeah. What was, did you guys have like a good response to that? or? Um, yeah, I mean... Uh, so that was a, a little bit before Raw Paw, but um, I think it definitely helped kind of, you know, secure more shows. Um, it helped us learn a bit more about how we work in that environment, the recording environment. But yeah, for most people, it's like the first thing they hear when they hear about us. Yep. Um, you know, like on a local level. And um, yeah, it was kind of like, and now it's becoming clear to me, but it was this kind of lo-fi kind of thing and and now that's kind of like the shit because <laughs> yeah, it's just affordable it's more honest yeah, and like yeah that's that's what matters I think that's what I mean for me when I heard it that was what immediately stuck out about that was like the live aspect of it that you guys were playing together I was like this is like you can tell that there's like chemistry that's happening mm. it's not just like something that you know pe- people can throw together whatever they want in the studio you know what I mean um but there was something about it that was like, yeah, this th- there's like something there, you know what I mean? Cool. So I think that's it's it translates. That's cool. I think you know I think if Charlie were here, he would probably have a little more to say about it because I think he was, I think he foresaw a little bit more about how this was going to come across. Um, I never know like how I'm sounding, you know, like where I'm at, and uh, but from his perspective, I think just from writing and playing shows like naturally we if something fucked up we had to kind of like on the fly you know try and circumvent whatever yeah. m- mistake we had made 
<laughs> so I think he kind of strategically convinced me to let's do this live thing, right? It's cheaper. <laughs> Whereas I was like freaking out. I was like, no, I usually like to like map things out. And yeah. I, I like to record by myself and wait until I get the takes that I like. And also, I also like to just write while I'm recording because it's kind of, sure. you just, and that's why I like looping. I mean, you just immediately hear what you did and you can hear it and hear it and go, no, yes. But uh, we didn't have that option, you know, so there, it, it was just kind of like a, yeah, just kind of a glimpse into like, kind of like what we do. And um, based on how that went, that was going to depict how serious we were going to take it. Because yep. I mean, at the time I was in school and Charlie was going to about to graduate. So, you know, let's put this out and see how it responds. This is who we are when we don't have control. You know, this is just us like playing instruments. And so, yeah, and uh, the response was really great. Like I said, the Austin scene is really supportive, and um, I was kind of blown away that, like, an instrumental kind of, to me, it was kind of like a monotone, pretty calm, ambient, little kind of book read is how I kind of describe it. But it, it helped us kind of integrate ourselves into, like, a more serious kind of playing ground. Yeah. Talking about two rooms and what that was about. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I The projects I was involved with beforehand were, like, just, like, more, like, folk, like, singer-songwriter type type groups. So, like, we did, we just had, like, a reel-to-reel tape recorder and would do, like, all of our recording live like that. Um, and knowing that it would, like, oftentimes just, like, be sloppy and, like, you know, you just, I, I, I just found it to be the most fun way to record and, like, obviously the most cheap. So, like, when I got with James, like, I definitely, definitely didn't expect it, that to be, like, our approach, but I kind of pitched it to him, like, you know, we should, we should do this. Like, it sounds, like, I think, it, I'm proud of the way it sounds, like, you know, just playing them, just playing the songs, you know? in a room and and it was just a cheap cheap way to do it and we got with a guy that was like our friend our friend Jake Moon and he was down to do it and it was just like a, a day and a half and we had like four songs and then like a few like rough ideas for like interlude stuff I guess that he probably talked about um, and so yeah those yeah we pretty much wanted to just like track live like the four songs and then like fill the rest of the time just like fooling around and like seeing what we got um, and then yeah that was like the EP so how did that how did that kind of like shape where you guys are going now because you just put out a new, a new EP yeah. just like a yeah. couple days ago um, and it's like in a, a little bit of a different direction yeah a little bit of a different sound yeah yeah what, what has been your journey that way um, well so that was kind of like you know, that, that was something I wanted to try. Uh, it was recorded by this guy named Kevin Butler. Um, he's from a band called Black Books in Austin. And I had just kind of always known about him. He just had like a really kind of to the point, punchy, you know, kind of hi-fi sound. Um, so that was my turn to kind of try and convince Charlie, like, let's do this. Like, this next thing is going to cost a lot, but, you know, we're wanting to tour more let's try and like just get this really punchy sound and just try and grab those kind of kids who like just like math you know um 
and let's you know let's try and get something that can help us out over the next year or so while we prepare for the next thing. Um, but after doing it, I mean, it was a it was a very rushed experience. It was very expensive. You know, all these things you hear about. Yeah. And so it revealed to us, you know, um, for me personally, like my favorite part about two rooms is when we re- recorded like a live take of what ended up being called two rooms which was just Charlie jamming on this uh, piano piece that he had had in mind. And then we knew, you know, at, you know, X amount of time, let's just kind of start fucking around, and the second we screw up, let's just fade it out. <laughs> but it ended up being this 11-minute kind of journey. Yeah, it was and supposed to be, like, a three-minute thing. Like, I, I had, like, this really kind of, like, short piano piece, like, written... And then, like, we didn't even plan to have the guitar, like, be, be, like, a part of the song. But then I was like, well, we may as well, like, give it a shot. We had the time to, like, I told James, like, at this point, like, just start bringing in, like, this, this, start looping this one, like, melody, you know, just, like, two notes. And then just, like, see what happens from there. So, yeah, if you listen, like, to that track, like, right around the, like, three-minute mark is when the guitar, or it's maybe, like, slightly less than that like guitar starts to come in and yeah like the first loop is like what we had planned and then like everything after that is it goes on for like seven more minutes and it was just like and and it was interesting because we were in different rooms um that's why we call it the track two rooms like i was i was in this in like the larger room in the studio on this grand piano and James was in the other room with the amp. We had this like tiny window we could like like look like very like yeah. reach and like kinda see what's going on, but like pretty much we just like had each other in our like in our monitors. Um, and yeah, so like this, we kind of try to end it and we were like both like obviously like alright, it's been like seven minutes, like we should try to end it and then like James just like starts another thing and it goes for like four more minutes. Um, so yeah, that's I think that that was definitely our our favorite song on the album and like the title track and then sort of like was what that whole release was all about. It was just like yeah, like we had like four songs that we were proud of and like wanted to didn't have the money to like record them you know multi-track and like hi-fi so we just wanted to record them live yeah. and just put them out as like live you know live tapes um, and then and then yeah so so it's it's interesting so on the full link we're like finishing writing the full length now and like again most of those songs on the EP like some proper, proper songs like uh, Head Rush and Scout and probably um, what's that one called? Uh, Riverburn. Riverburn. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, those three songs and then and then also we put out a demo before that which was Mocking, a song called Mockingbird. Um, and, you, and so these are all songs like in our set now that we have yet to like record. Yeah. Um, like multi-track, like like a nice like thorough recording of them. So those will all be on the full length, and then just a ton of new stuff. Um, so yeah, hopefully. And I guess have y'all talked about like our ideas for recording the full length? And, like, well, not really. Yeah. So to kind of like trail into that, I think. So recording that song in particular, Two Rooms, like what we had learned from that, what took us time to kind of digest was 
really like two rooms was just about kind of like look we don't have money but hopefully you know this will be enough like this is what we have more resources at our hands than most have ever had who have yeah. ever done anything to music so um, it was strictly just chemistry like, like, like he was saying we really couldn't see each other but we just had to listen and that was a really great moment where we kind of just forgot we were recording I mean we were definitely aware like I was if you listen to it it's really tentative like very slow building just because you know we didn't want to we were really enjoying the process and it was that live like improv um, so then when it came time to record these two songs for the new release you know, those were two songs that were kind of newer in the set, really stoked, they're kind of to the point, you know, kind of punchy, they kind of kind of cover a lot of ground, sonically calm and then loud and dark or happy, heavy. Um, so we wanted to capture those, and uh, but the experience at the end of the day, it was expensive. We didn't have as much control or time that we wanted to get the sound that we wanted. Yeah, it was more the, the mixing, like the recording, we were prepared for like the rush. I mean, for two songs, we don't need more than, like, two days in a studio to, like, get them down, but it was really the mixing yeah. that, like, was rushed and expensive, and, and like, and, and so that was the main, like, the main, like, takeaway from it was, like, that was awesome, and, like, the, the sounds are, the sounds are great, but, like, there's just things that, like, we wish we had had, like, more time to just, like, really, like, soak and just, like, think and just, like, you know, be together, like, it was just, like, super rushed, like, mixing sessions, you know, like, um, and, and also just working with an engineer that, like, really knew what he was doing, so, like, at the end of the day, we are just, like, yeah, like, you know, he was running with ideas and, like, we were just, you know, trust, trusting him, but, like, with this next project, we, having gone through that, and then also, like, the way we did the EP, we're ready to sort of, like, yeah, totally just merge kind of both approaches, like, like the lo-fi, like, totally live approach, and then, like, the hi-fi, like, producer approach. Like, we want to do more of the work, but still, like, work with our friends that, like, are engineers and, you know, know what they're doing and, like, have gear and have expertise that we don't have. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I guess we're just finding that, like, we, we both, like, I don't know, like, work well at making decisions about the way we want something to sound, and, I, and we've had good experiences just, like, working with our friends, like, guys that mix this, this guy, Jake Reading, in, in Austin, who, and he, like, mixed and mastered the... Both are well. He, he mastered the the demo and then mixed and mastered the EP with us. It was just a really great experience with him. Just like many many nights, just hanging out and like mixing mixing stuff. And, and yeah, so we kind of want to do a real similar thing with the full length, mostly because we have we want it to be. I mean, the EP is like ten tracks, so we want the full length to be at least like. I don't know, like 14, you know, like 15, 16, yeah. you know, with similarly like interludes and like ambient pieces throughout. You know? Yeah. Um, right. But yeah, and also where the hi-fi kind of thing comes in is I, I really want want it to be multi-tracked and, and like really, you know, the, the record is such a great moment to you know show the songs in a light that they won't be live you know um, it's kind of like the script that will follow when we play them live so yeah I get like record them with the gear and resources that we have but to approach the process as if a hi-fi you know studio like multi-track 
uh, our, our own uh, take our time on the mixing and because that that really can change the song so much yeah um, but so yeah so to have those kind of improv moments as well as the really well choreographed multi-tracked moments but to, that, that lo-fi really just kind of boils down to that rawness you know and it being on us and our decisions as like musicians and writers and, and the gear we choose and the notes that we choose so it just it kind of boils down to that that process that I, I kind of I guess realized when we were recording two rooms you know the kind of the chemistry yeah and uh, not that we didn't have that on the new release but while we were in there I think our headspace was less on chemistry and more on just knocking out parts sure. and, and trusting Kevin and he did an amazing job I mean that's what made it worth it and that was the thing yeah it's like we were both it's like we like he was giving us a deal and like you know working more than he usually does for like the amount of money and like we were working like almost like working less and paying more and then he was working more getting paid less <laughs> yeah. it's just like kind of a an un, like a different experience for us yeah but like definitely something we're stoked about and like the finished product the final product is like everything we kind of wanted it to be yeah um and it's cool like even on the even on the seven inch like there are elements of um like the live elements so they're like the, the intros and stuff like the intro to to tropics like the first track like if you were to download the album online it's it it's like four tracks yep. and like track a is just something james like completely did like on the spot in the studio um where it's like yeah we should we should have like an intro to the song and that was just like a completely live take that was recorded like everything is like all live like there's no like fancy mixing going on and that was so fun yeah and that yeah, was like that was like point of the end of the day we had like 30 minutes and kevin was like fuck it you know like we were working on one idea and it was just kind of annoying because in my opinion it was just something like uh, i really want more time for this let's what what can we do and we just started laying stuff down there was like a drum track that was really great but it, it was rushed so there was like some moments that were hard to, to get around so we, we simplified it and it, it ended up just being the guitar track um, but yeah, it, that was so much fun, and that's I think like having fun is so important. Like, yeah. Why we go and see bands live is to see like these people just kind of forget about like there's so much to worry about like in theory like when you play a show. Yep. But that's not your job. Like that's not why you're here to do what you're doing, and so that those whatever 30 minutes that we had to do both intros for both songs were just so great and taught us like yeah let's let's get our friends who have the time to spare and who just want to help us out and uh let's make this next thing you know let's have the control but let's also you know get kind of vulnerable and try those improv moments just make yeah like a solid fat like lo-fi hi-fi record and then you know really each thing we do at this point kind of depicts what's the next step so we don't know if if we do that and we're happy but it, it doesn't push us further and then that's that but uh if it, if it does push us further then we'll move on to the next like goal um so right yeah right now just get that full link written and start to figure it out how we're gonna do it well where can uh where can people go to like hook up with chipper jones online and see what you guys are up to and, yeah you don't, know, don't google it uh, <laughs> yeah do not uh yeah 
Let's see. So, like, ChipperJonesBand.com will take you to our band camp for now. Um, But also just, like, ChipperJones.BandCamp.com. We really really love BandCamp. Also, SoundCloud is... We're on on the SoundCloud. SoundCloud.com slash ChipperJones. Facebook is, like... Facebook.com slash Chipper Jones Band. Uh, and then uh, like Twitter and Instagram is at, at Chipper Jones TX. Um, yeah, and and so yeah, we're all on that on that young internet. And uh, posting pictures. James is a, is a great photographer. Charlie's a great photographer. So we're both really good photographers. We're both way better photographers <laughs> than we are at Airshows. Sounds like you guys are just using the band to uh, support your photography. Yeah, that's what it is. Straight on Instagram. But yeah, yeah, that. And I get. I think our, our our record label has a site. What is it? Like rawpawatx.com. Yeah. And that's where. Not yet, but like in the next few weeks, um, people can like get our vinyl on there. So, but uh, yeah, pretty much like Facebook and shit is like where where we're like telling telling you about Facebook what we're doing and, ba- and Bandcamp. Uh, yeah. Our our. EP wasn't released on any label. It will always be for donation. We want people who wanted to, to have it. Yeah, um, that's you know the most important thing. So I guess that two rooms EP will always be like that one thing you can always grab. Cool. And I guess to make another another plug, um, make, our, our our EP was put on on cassette tape uh, that we have here tonight. We're almost out. Of, we're almost out of those, and I, I don't think there will be like any any more left after that uh, after these are out but those were put out on a really cool like micro tape label in Austin called Graveyard Orbit this is Guy Randall and he does a lot of cool shit and uh, yeah he was like one of the first people to like really like believe in us like just I guess just hooked up with James and was like hey like I really want to put y'all's tape out and, and it was beautiful like really really proud of the way it came out and, um, and yeah the EP sounds awesome on, on tape probably like Probably, I like the way it sounds best on tape. Nice and like lo-fi. And And they can pick that up on Bandcamp too, right? So yeah, actually not. You you could. Well, they were available on the Graveyard Orbit site, and there might be some left, but I maybe not. Left um, because it was put on his label. He'll, you know, manufacture those whenever he needs. So So definitely always on his Bandcamp. If he sells out, he'll make more. Yeah, Um, Um, but yeah, we. We had so few that we were just like gonna sell them at shows. Yeah. You know? um, but yeah, other than that, like the seven inch and the full length will be out on Rapa, and so that's where all that will be like available.
thanks again to James and Charlie for coming on the show. Uh, anytime you guys are back in Chicago, we should chill because it was awesome. Your show was great. And uh, if you guys have a chance to see Chipper Jones on tour, you can go to chipperjonesband.com and uh, check out their schedule. You should totally go see them. Also, you can get their uh, albums on Bandcamp. And from uh, Raw Paw. So check that stuff out. Um, you guys can let me know what you think about the episode at brokenlightrecords.com slash show and uh, leave a comment there. You can tweet at me at brokenlightrex. We can talk about the episode, the show, if you guys have any guest suggestions. Um, Facebook, Broken Light Records there. Uh, we also have this contest going on where you can win a vinyl from Lowercase Noises. All you got to do is head over to iTunes. You got to leave a comment uh, slash like review thing there. Take a screen cap of it. And you can send it to me on Twitter, or Facebook, or email. Um, email is brokenlightrecords at gmail.com. <laughs> I had to think of it. Brokenlightrecords at gmail.com. Tweet it at me at brokenlightrex or on Facebook. And uh, you can be entered to win this record, Passages, on vinyl from Lowercase Noises. It's beautiful. You guys should check it out. We got some really great guests lined up um, for the next couple of weeks, and so I want you guys to uh, tell your friends about the show. I don't want them to miss the episodes, and uh, if in case you missed some episodes, you can go to brokenlightrecords.com slash show, and you can catch up on all the backlogged episodes. You can subscribe there via RSS feed, or you can just subscribe directly on iTunes, any kind of format you want. You can uh, just stream it on the website, too, if you're not into the whole subscription thing. That's cool. Whatever. Um, you do you. Anyway, we got new episodes coming up every Wednesday, which means, uh, you know, at this point, I guess I'll just see you guys next week. 